Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right, this is Assistive Technology Office Hours, and my name is Tony Gebhardt. I'm an assistive technology instructor and youth transition coordinator of the Alaska Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired here in Anchorage, Alaska. Certified life coach of two years, as well as a business owner as of last week. So one of the things that I really wanted to do for my American Council of the Blind family is provide you a space where not only can we engage in one-on-one opportunities, yes, one-on-one, even though this is a group setting, I want to try and make this feel like we're able to connect and answer not only any of the questions that you have that pertain to JAWS, NVDA, Fusion, Zoom Text. Microsoft Office, Apple, et cetera, et cetera. I believe I can do the best that I can to answer any of those questions and conduct live lessons of these various pieces of software and equipment for you. And for today, considering this is our first one, I wanted to just give um, give everyone a chance to uh, come on in and kind of feel the feel the vibe of the room and uh, overall kind of get a grasp of what we're doing. And I have a basic syllabus on what we're going to be covering here these next few weeks. Initially, I want to address everyone's on a different level, and that is really, really important to me. So I want to ensure that I can go at a pace that makes sense to you. And the cool thing is you'll probably be able to go back and listen to these so that you can follow along um, as we progress through these lessons. Now, as we know it, assistive technology is one of the most crucial elements of blindness skills training. And overall, the competency for this is paramount, especially when you want to attain employment, post-secondary education, or just in your personal life, being able to use that iPhone, being able to use that Android, that Macintosh, that Windows computer, whatever it may be. We want to ensure that you can feel confident and feel established as you go forward with accomplishing your goals. And I'll give uh, plenty of opportunities for a Q&A and a question, um, you know, for, for you know, my, my brain might be, you know, a decent size, but I don't know how big it is sometimes. So I can't, I, I, I'll preface by saying this, I'll be able to answer all of your questions to the best of my ability. But if I can't answer it all the way, I encourage you to do some research and look up some videos and tutorials on the various concepts that you would like to know because research and knowledge is huge. So with that being said, one of the first things that we're going to talk about today, and it's actually a really simple concept. uh, However, um, I think it's really important to understand the idea of shortcuts. And one of the things that, you know, I've, I've run into is my desktop sometimes can get cluttered. So I got to be careful how much I put on the desktop, what's going on the desktop and overall, you know, trying to keep that 30 to 50 icons, you know, anything more than that, then it starts to get a little bit cluttered. And one of the things is your desktop is almost really like your desktop. So, you know, I've, I've always kind of seen it as like when, when we're using a computer Find some stuff, won't it? Uh, mic test one, two. Zoom's letting me know that my mic was not working. Can you guys still hear me? Yes, you're fine. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, two things in particular. We all know that website shortcuts are really important, specifically with Zoom, because we're doing things virtually these days and hybrid. You know, yes, a lot of us are going back to work or a lot of us are starting to do things face to face again, just like we did in the old days, which is nice. But still having access to shortcuts is really significant. So one of the things I want to demonstrate today is how to create a Zoom shortcut for you, uh, as well as using the taskbar to open and access programs very, very quickly. So let's talk about that. The Windows taskbar is a little horizontal um, status bar at the bottom that contains various programs and running applications. 
usually by default, once you have gotten your new computer, there's already a few different things that are assigned on there. File Explorer, Microsoft Store, you name it. There's already some things down there. So we're going to talk about how to remove icons, excuse me, as well as adding icons and why the significance is there for the taskbar. So I'm going to share my screen and we're just going to take a few minutes here to demonstrate how to utilize the Windows taskbar. Afterwards, we're going to take a look at how to set up and organize Zoom shortcuts on the desktop. Because if anything, I like to keep my channel. work stuff. Uh, uh, I like to keep my work um, meetings as Zoom shortcuts. You know, easily accessible. Just a few different, uh, a few different arrows and enters there to get to where I need to go. And bam, I'm right in the window. Enter the passcode. Saves so much time from having to look for an email. So, with that being said. I'm going to share my screen and we'll get started. And actually, I'm going to load up JAWS because we're going to be using JAWS today. However, all of the keystrokes and navigation prompts that are going to be given today will apply with NVDA as well. So give me one moment here as we load this up. And again, I want to thank everyone who's been joining me today for this first ever assistive technology office hours. And we'll be able to continue doing this as we go along to finding a structure that works the best for you and for me. So so I will share my screen now. Started screen share, press F6 to switch between open Zoom windows, app stock, toolbar, screen sharing needed controls. So now I've gotten my screen shared. You'll be able to hear my JAWS screen reader as I navigate. And depending on if you're a first-time JAWS user or you just started using JAWS and you don't feel as confident with it, don't worry. I've got you covered. I'll be as descriptive as possible so that you can follow along as well. So let's talk about a couple of keystrokes. If you haven't yet, going to the desktop is easy as just pressing Windows M to minimize the current window to navigate to the desktop or a straight Windows D. Depending on which of those that you use, we're just going to go to Windows D. Now, 12 of 41, I have 41 icons. I try not to go above 50. I feel as though that once I've gone above 50, I'm going off the deep end. But that's just an opinion. Some people really like having a lot of content on their desktop for that accessibility. And whatever works for you is what works for you. The next thing is we're going to access the Windows taskbar. Now, easy as Windows T. So we're going to press that now. And I'm going to press my right arrow to navigate through the various icons on the taskbar. You can use your left or right arrows to navigate through the taskbar. Now, as you can hear, there was a few icons in them that said one one window running. And that lets one of the things that you'll notice about the taskbar is it also not only has pinned applications, but it also shows you running processes. So I'm going to demolish my entire taskbar in front of you. We're going to completely clean the taskbar of all icons. So we're going to do that now. We're going to go over to the one that says Team Talk, and we're going to remove that from the taskbar. And once I've put focus on that by pressing my left arrow here, I'm going to hit the applications key. And there's an option that says unpin from taskbar. We're going to hit enter on that. And now it's gone. However, it jumps us out of the taskbar. So we need to press Windows T again to get back. And now the first option that it brings me to is Google Chrome instead of Team Talk. So same thing with this one. We're going to remove this icon. And the reason why we're doing this is because by default, as mentioned prior, your Windows taskbar will already have icons on it. So if you want to customize it, remove all the icons that are there, and we'll start adding them as we go along to customize your own personal taskbar. And we're going to get to something really juicy with keystrokes here in just a little bit once we've completed setting up our taskbar. So we're on Google Chrome. I'm going to press insert in the tab key to have JAWS read aloud the last spoken item. 
Google Chrome button. Okay. Same thing as before. We're going to press our applications key. And if you don't have an applications key, do shift F10. It will execute the same command. So same thing here. A lot of these will sometimes show you personalized yeah, items this channel. within yeah, that program. So as you can see, it's going to show me different elements and different pages that I've been on with Google Chrome. So I'm going to up arrow. And I'm looking for unpin. There it is, unpin from taskbar. And now it's gone. Same thing as before, it jumped us right out of the taskbar. So we're going to press Windows T. And now it's on Word. So same thing here. I'm going to quickly just un, uh, delete all of these. Okay. And I think Zoom is the last one. Okay. So that's the last one. Now, all that's left is running Windows. So the taskbar has two purposes. It'll show you all of the tasks that are currently running, and then it'll show your shortcuts. And visually, this is how someone with a little bit of vision or full vision would be able to switch. Just like we use Alt-Tab with our screen reader, somebody with sight or usable vision will be able to navigate to the taskbar really quick with a point and a click and switch to the next program that is currently opened. So now that we've remo removed all of our icons, our next job is to, well, add some to it. So the first one that I'm going to add to it is Microsoft Word, because I use that nonstop, as I'm sure some of you do. And first and foremost, we have a couple of different options. We can either look on our desktop to see if we have a Word icon, or, <laughs> excuse me, we can go to our Start menu and populate the program based on just a couple of letters. We're just going to do that. We're going to hit our Windows key, and I'm going to hit the letter W. Word app, press right to switch preview. And it says Word app, switch right, or um, excuse me, uh, move right to switch preview. So now that the program is populated and now it's in focus, I'm just going to hit my applications key or shift F10. W applications, bin, bin, context menu, list box expanded. Context menu, list box expanded. Run as administrator, one open file location, unpin from start, three of five, pin to taskbar, four or five. And I down arrowed to pin to taskbar. We're going to hit enter there. Enter, word pin to taskbar, word pin to taskbar, search box edit, word. And that's it. That's all we needed to do. Now, to verify that it's been added to our taskbar, we're going to press Windows T. Windows T, taskbar, taskbar, Outlook 2 running Windows button. Zoom 2 running Windows button. Notepad 1 running Windows button. Word button. There it is. Marlene, Word. Marlene. It is on it. Fantastic. So let's continue this and add a couple more programs. Next, I'm going to do Google Chrome. Search box edit. Windows key. I'm going to type G-O. Google Chrome app. Press right to switch preview. Google Chrome. Applications key or Shift F10. Go applications. Bing, bing. Context menu. List, context menu. List box expanded. Run as administrator. Open file location. To pin to start. Three or five. Pin to taskbar. Four or five. Down arrow to pin to taskbar and hit enter. enter. Google Chrome. Pin to taskbar. Search box edit. Google Chrome. Google Chrome. Pin. Perfect. And just to verify. Google taskbar. Taskbar. Outlook to running Windows button. Google Chrome button. Word button. Google Chrome button. Perfect. And I'm using my left and right arrows just again to, to encourage that is navigation for the taskbar, left and right arrows. Okay. Next on the list is let's do Outlook for emails. We're going to do that. And I wrote out O-U-T and we're going to applications key or shift F10 here. Down arrow to pin to taskbar. And I hit enter and the job is done. Perfect. Now, why do we use the taskbar then? If we could just do alt tab, that's a good question. Well, here's the thing. The order at which you put these applications on your taskbar will determine the hotkey you use to open them. So in this case, we put Microsoft Word as number one. Google Chrome is number two. 
and Outlook as number three. Now, we're going to press the Windows key and the number one. For whatever reason, it decided to open Outlook. Oh, I love it when technology does this. However, logistically, whenever you assign icons numerically on the taskbar, and it's all based on what might be open. So in this case, I'm going to close Outlook with an Alt F4. And move over here. Um, if anybody is unmuted, can I have you mute, please? Now, it looks like Outlook is number one at the moment, but that's okay. Sometimes you might have to re-familiarize yourself with the taskbar to see which one is first. And the question is, well, how do I know which one is first? The first thing you do is get out of there by hitting Escape or Windows D. Take focus off of the taskbar and then go back to the taskbar. Whichever icon comes up first is usually classified as number one. So we'll do that. Windows T. So it lets me know that Outlook is number one. I'm going to write arrow. Zoom is number two. Notepad is number three. Word is number four. And Google Chrome is number five. So based on that information that I heard, let's try a Windows 4 and see if it opens up Word. Fingers crossed. Windows 4. Opening. Opening Word. List box Word. New list box. Blank document. One of five. Beautiful. So why is this important? This creates not only efficiency and quickness, but you need to understand that, especially as blind and low vision individuals, as we're navigating technology, we need to prove ourselves quick, fast, and proficient with practice and consistency. The faster we can be from navigating from one program to the next, the more valuable we will be as potential candidates, students, employees, et cetera, et cetera. But that completes our lesson on the taskbar today. I want to open it up a little bit for some questions or some comments, either here in Zoom or in Clubhouse. So please raise your hand if you have any questions. Or here in Zoom, please um, also uh, and raise hand. please ask anything. Okay. All right, Anne. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, this is great. Um, and a lower hand. Um, you said something about lessons or help or something do you do any individualized help over the phone i do other yes ma'am i other than this zoom sure i joined this well, channel i just launched my personal services um through my website where you can schedule one-on-one -on -one lessons with me um and that website is TonyGebhard.com. Okay, wait, wait a minute. Stop right where you are. That's sure. what I mean is I can't do that yet. I mean, I can't okay. do that. So, um, I mean, I know, well, sometimes they give phone numbers, you know, over Zoom for things like this. So what I'm going to, I'm going to enter, I'm going to interject here. And what I'm going to ask is that if you send a... Um, email to community and you can send an email or you can even call and talk to Cindy. I can send an email. Okay, good. So send an email to community and they and ask them to tell them you want to get in touch with Tony. <clears throat> and Tony, you can spell spell the name so make sure she knows how to spell it. Of course. Your last name especially. And, yes. and then yes. Cindy will get you in touch with him. That's how we can do that. Okay. That okay. sounds perfect. All so right. what what is your last name? Yes, ma'am. My last name is Gebhard. That's G-E-B as in boy, H-A-R-D as in dog, Gebhard. Gebhard. So just tell Cindy I would like to get in touch with you. Yes, yes ma'am. And, she, and she, will, she, will get, she will get him, get you guys connected. Okay, I will do that. Awesome. I look forward to it. That's what I need. Thank you very much. Of course. Hi, Valmar. Join this channel. Any other questions or comments? All right. Yep. We got before Cheryl. we proceed. Hi, Cheryl.
Did you find that mute button, Cheryl? Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I just now logged on because I re and I've looked forward to your hour. Uh, so you've launched your website. I will. I will write and ask. So you do you work one on one with people with the technology? I do. Yes, ma'am. And you and what 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 we can do is if you want to reach out to community, um, we can we can get in touch through that uh, by that means, and I can provide you a a link to fill out an application. Um, and we can set up an assessment. Oh, that would be just absolutely wonderful because I have plenty of questions. <clears throat> oh, absolutely! I'm, I'm here for them. Absolutely. Okay. And do you do Jaws? Do you do you do Jaws? Right. I do. I teach Jaws, NVDA, Voiceover, and Fusion. The Voiceover mean with the iPhone or iPad, right? That would be iPad, iPod, um, iPhone, and Mac. Okay. Great. That would be great to know because I, I'm constantly having uh, a lot of questions and I have to try to get a hold of Freedom Scientific. <laughs> sure, sure. <clears throat> uh, there are wonderful resources and I'll be sharing some of those resources as well um, with all of you today for some things that you can look over if you have questions um, that I may not be able to answer right away for you. JAWS does have excellent uh, help topics and training books that you can access as well. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Any other questions before we move on? Jane Duleno joined this channel. How are we doing in Clubhouse? Okay. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. We'll move on from here. Thank you for all those questions, everybody. That was wonderful. And yes, if you would like to get a hold of me for those private services um, with assistive technology, please contact community at ACB um, and we will get in touch. And in, I I'll have you fill out an application uh, that asks just some, some various questions, contact information, how do you like to be contacted, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and we'll be able to sit down and discuss your goals and objectives Diana as well channel. as lay out a plan. And it's also for me to get to know you as well. So um, overall, what we're going to be looking at next is something that I found to be a common, common problem with individuals who are constantly going to meetings, right? Because let's say we get an invitation. Okay, I stopped the stream. We always get a constant request for, hey, can you join this meeting? And we're thinking, oh my goodness, where's the link? And one thing is for sure, <clears throat> a lot of people will use the same Zoom link over and over and over and over again, especially if it's from, <clears throat> excuse me, oh my goodness, especially if it's from the same account. And we're always struggling to find it in the email, we're navigating, Outlook crashes, JAWS crashes, et cetera, et cetera. There's always something that happens. Come on. We all know what that's like. So yeah. with that being said, one of the things I want to talk to you about is setting up a website shortcut file on the desktop. Yes, a website shortcut file. And what this is going to do is not only save you a thousand gajillion steps, but it's also going to be a direct access to where you need to go with just in two keystrokes, maybe three, maybe three keystrokes. Okay. So we're going to use my Zoom room uh, link as an example. So what I'm going to do <clears throat> is we're going to turn this back on here. And we're going to close Microsoft Word. And now we're going to actually Alt-Tab over to my Zoom room. I'm going to press Alt-I. And I'm going to tab over to the copy link. Copy invite link. Now, you may be doing this a different way, which I will go over here shortly. So we're going to go to our desktop. Here's step one. Navigate to your desktop with a Windows D or Windows M to minimize the window. And I'm going to hit control space bar to unselect the current icon. We're lifting up our hand. 
Okay, we already have something in our hands right now, which is the zoom icon there, but we're going to press control space, which we're going to drop it to the floor. Control space not selected. Now, now that we've done that, we are going to do a shift F10, shift F10 context menu, v, use up menu v. to go to our applications menu, and we're going to down arrow to the new sub menu. Down arrow. Oh. Refresh E. Paste unavailable E. Undo delete control plus Z U. Open the terminal E. Open PowerShell window here S. Send a copy dot 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 S. M B I D I A control news up menu W. And now that we're here, you noticed how it said the letter W at the end there. New submenu W. That is the access key. So if you wanted to, all you would have to do instead is do Shift F10 and then hit the letter W to immediately be brought to it. So we're going to right arrow into this submenu. And the first thing we come to is folder. However, we need a down arrow and find shortcut. Shortcut S. And we're going to hit enter here. Enter, leaving menus, folder, view, list, view, zoom, 12 or 42, create shortcut, type the location of the item, edit. Type the, the name of the shortcut here, the location, in which case this is the link. So we're going to press control V as in Victor to paste, paste and hit enter. enter type a name for the shortcut, edit, new internet shortcut. Now it wants us to type a name. I'm going to call it Tony's Zoom Room. Tony's Zoom Room. And we're going to hit enter here. Enter. Copy and click button. And just like that, we've created a Zoom shortcut file. To just check where it is, we're going to press Windows D. And I'm going to do TO. And there it is. All I need to do now is hit enter on that. And we've also that. For example, for example, when I'm navigating through my work, we always have meetings every day. And generally, it's from the same Zoom account. So I don't like looking for Zoom links. I really don't. So the first couple of times, I find the link, everyone, I copy it. Absolutely, I'd be more than happy to slow down the jaw speed. Thank slower, you for that feedback. Slower, slower. New blog, one, Tony Zoom room, 42 of 42. There you go. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for that. Now, when we have, uh, you're very welcome. Uh, trying to remember here. So one of the things that this is going to be very helpful with is when you are <clears throat> using multiple, multiple meetings with the same room, you want to save that link, put it somewhere where it's convenient to you. Maybe you create a folder in your desktop or in your documents folder where you can access it later. I generally keep mine either on the desktop or in a subfolder for my work. So now that I've done that, one of the next things we're going to do is talking about copying and pasting the link from an email. Bro, for this example, I'm going to use Notepad. You may not be using Notepad here. This is just so that we can practice with highlighting and selecting the link. So I'm going to press Windows R for my Windows run, R, dialog run dialog box. Type the name of a program, folder, document, or internet resource, and Windows will open it for you. Open, edit combo, JAWS. And I'm going to write notepad, notepad all one word. Enter, desktop, folder, untitled notepad. Pressing insert T, it tells me notepad. And just as a side note, there's three commands that I want to share with you. Now, I'm a little bit of an ADHD brain, so sometimes I might throw a little snippet in there once in a while where you're like, what? Where would that come from? There's three commands that I think are most important with JAWS, and they are this. Where am I? Where am I sitting? And what did you say? Where am I is insert T, which will read the title bar of the current window. Then we have insert up arrow, which reads the current line or reads the current element or item that's currently in focus with the, the JAWS cursor. Next on that list is insert tab, reads the last spoken item. Where am I? Where am I sitting? And what did you say? So now we're in notepad. I'm gonna press control V to put this link here. And now let's say you get an email that gives you the link, which we all do in here. So we need to highlight this link. Because you may not always be able to just copy the invitation from Zoom. So first things first, I'm going to press home. I'm going to make sure that my cursor is at the very beginning of the link. And we're going to press shift and the end key. Shift 
end. And if you don't have shift end, you can do a shift down arrow select to select the link. I'm going to hit the hush key here with the control. And now that I've highlighted the link, Copy. I'll press control C. And now next, you'll be able to go to your desktop and follow the steps that we reviewed earlier. Step one, navigate to the desktop with a Windows D. Step two, control space, drop whatever's in your hand. Shift F10, go to the applications menu. You will land on the view submenu. Down arrow, here's the next step. Down arrow to the new submenu and hit your right arrow. Then down arrow to shortcut and hit enter. Control V as in Victor to paste the link that is currently on your clipboard and hit enter. Next, you will be prompted to name the shortcut at which you are trying to create. In this case, you could say John's Zoom Room. And then you hit enter and you are complete. And that concludes our lesson on creating a Zoom shortcut or a website shortcut in general. Do we have any questions? We do not at this point. Okay. Perfect. Well, I want to open up this last half hour for an opportunity for random questions for voiceover, NVDA, JAWS, or Fusion, or anything that you can think of that maybe we can talk about here so that I can answer whatever you're having issues with. or to just discuss something really cool that you found out about technology. So um, any questions in regards to what you would like assistance with? Okay, Cheryl? These are the office hours. Cheryl, you may unmute. I'm trying. Cheryl, good night is lowered hand. Okay. Okay. Hey, okay. Now, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. My yes, question ma'am. Uh, my question again, um, when you uh, had us go to the applications menu, was that to create a new folder or was that just a sub-menu? Uh, what is your best techniques for creating so, a new folder? <clears throat> so, like, if I wanted to put... For uh, creating a new folder... Of Zoom links, yeah. Okay, good question. So one of the things that we could do here is identify where you want that Zoom links folder to be. Do you want to create that on your desktop or do you want to have that in your documents folder? It could be either way. I need to know the difference and what are the advantages and disadvantages. Either <clears> way. Okay, so <clears throat> let's, let's first go back to one of the first things that we talked about about the desktop. I always encourage everyone to be very careful on how they organize their space. My philosophy is a clean computer is a clean mind, but a messy space is also a messy mind because it's easy, very, very easy to kind of get lost in the mist of all of the moving parts of the computer, all the files, all the, all the emails, you know? So one of the things I like to do is I keep a lot of things in my documents folder. But I also keep things that are quickly accessible on the desktop. And the desktop's like your commonly used programs, commonly used files. What are you using every single day? Or what are you using that is, excuse me, significant? So let's first address this. Creating a new folder. <clears throat> excuse me. We're going to go to our desktop again with a Windows, Windows D. And I'm going to press Control Shift in the letter N for new folder. And we're going to name this. We're going to call it Zoom Links. And I'll hit Enter. The folder's been created. Now, next time I listen, I need to find all my Zoom Links and copy and paste them, or in this case, cut and paste them into that folder. So. I'll find the Tony Zoom Room that I created. And my JAWS isn't talking, so I'm going to do an insert up arrow to Tony see where am I sitting. There it is. And we're going to press Control-X to cut. 
And now I'm going to press ZO. Found the folder again. We'll hit enter here. Herbie Allen joined this channel. Herbie Allen has joined. And now that we're in the Zoom Links folder, just to be sure, we'll do an insert T to see where we are. And we'll press Control V to paste. And there it is. Alt F4 to close. Okay, so to actually. Now we're back on the Zoom window. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Diane Scalzi joined this channel. Diane Scalzi has joined the meeting. Oh, no, I, I didn't say it. Here, let me uh, mute Jaws here. I didn't say anything. I was I was listening to you. Okay, so let's say we come in in the office and we want to go to the folder to go to the Zoom ranks. We do the alt, uh, control, I mean, not control, but I mean, Windows D or Windows M and then hit Z for Zoom link. Yes, ma'am. And then press enter and then arrow down to whichever one link we want. And then, because I may have multiple links in that folder and then press enter on the one I want. Sure. That's correct. Yes, ma'am. Okay, because I have several organizations that are are recurring meetings, and uh, I, <clears throat> I I think that would probably be more advantageous to have a, a recurring link. Correct. Yes, ma'am. As long as it's coming from the same Zoom room and has the same link, you'll just uh -huh. want to check with the host to make sure that they're using the same link. And by the methods that we discussed and went over today, you'll be able to have that shortcut and save a lot of time from having to search. Oh for it. boy, it will be it will be so much more. Uh, it'll be less frustrating. Oh my goodness! I uh, also in Outlook, I've I've gone through some issues uh, with that. I've had well, I learned great folders your way with the control. I mean, Shift Control and N. And like I said, in documents, it works just fine. But whenever I go into Outlook and try that, it did not work. So I had to call Microsoft and they gave me a different method using mm -hmm. the Alt-O. Do you know anything about that and why that would happen? So that's actually a really good question. And we're now entering the, the part of the hour where we can kind of get into some various miscellaneous questions and commands. So why don't we address this one? Um, so I'll open up Outlook. I want to show you by application how this will work. It's pretty straightforward. It may require just a couple of steps, but within no time, we'll get it working, okay? So uh, let me unmute JAWS really fast for you. And we're going to open up Outlook. Enter. Opening Outlook. Inbox.jebford23.outlook.com. Okay. And don't worry about some of this information being on display. This is public. So... As far as creating a folder is concerned, first note, what email are you in, right? So insert T to check what inbox you are currently in. So right now I'm in my Outlook account. However, let's say you want to create the email in your Gmail, your primary Gmail account. So we're going to press Control Y to access the folder tree. And I'm going to press left arrow a bunch of times to close all these trees. Get out of here. Now, I'm going to down arrow to my primary Gmail account, which again is also public information. And I'm going to right arrow into this and down arrow to inbox. I'm going to hit enter here. Now that I'm here, the reason why this is important is because this will determine where your folder goes. So now that we've done that, we're going to press Control Shift and the letter E as an echo to create a new folder. And I'm going to name this exam uh, folder example for ACB. And I'll hit enter. Now that the folder's created, we need to go find that folder. So we're going to press Control Y, y again. Now, inbox. That tells me that it's closed. So we need to right arrow into that because there's folders inside. And we're going to down arrow, or you can use first letter navigation to find the folder. So I'll press F. And there it is. So we'll hit enter. We're in the folder. So... Now, the next question is, how do we move emails into the folder? And this is actually a good lesson example um, that we can do later on the down the line 
is how to set up automation with Outlook so that once you get an email from a specific email address, it'll automatically move it to this folder without you prompting it to. Um, and that is called an Outlook rule. So maybe we can t- discuss that later down the line. So um, we're going to go back to my Gmail and move an email into the folder example for ACB. So I'll do a control Y again. And I'm going to up arrow to my inbox or actually to make it easier, we'll just left arrow to close this little branch. There we go. There's inbox. I'll hit enter. And I usually get advertisements left and right in this email. Let's see. Okay. Let's use, let's, let's say Twitter. Okay. So I've got a Twitter email here. Just for example, we're going to press control shift and the letter V as in Victor or move. We're moving the email into the new folder. And there it is. Heading enter. And the email is now removed from my inbox and is in that new folder. All right. That, okay. really- I'm going to press Alt F4 and close Outlook. Alt F4. My other question that I have about this Outlook, yeah. um, you were saying you were, depending on which account in Outlook did you have, what does that mean? Does that mean in that inbox or Gmail account or, or what are we referring to there when you said which account? Sure. So in Outlook, you can have as many email accounts, um, I think, as you want attached to it. So in Outlook, you could have two Gmail accounts. Where are you? Inside lower hand. I'm sorry, to I lost your an, sound there for a You minute. don't necessarily so, have to have an Outlook. Can you hear me now? Yes. No, I, can I, hear I you lost now. you for a minute. I lost you for a minute. No, no sound. Okay. Um, well, okay. So to answer your question from earlier, um, in Microsoft Outlook, you can have multiple email accounts attached to it. So you have uh, an Outlook.com email, you have a Gmail.com email, Yahoo, et cetera, et cetera. You can have more than one email account attached to that program because all Outlook is, is yes, it's an email because you can have a you know, so-and-so at Outlook.com, but Outlook. the the program itself can host other email accounts on it from different providers. Okay. And we have somebody in Clubhouse, Jane. Invite people. Uh, yes, we do. We have. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, could I also have other people mute if you are done talking? Okay, so we have Ibrahim in Clubhouse, and if whoever's having their jaws can mute, so that if somebody has their jaws speaking right now, could I have you mute, please? Thank you. Perfect. Say again. I'm so sorry. Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me. We have Ibrahim on stage if you can unmute um down in the lower right hand corner abraham is your mute and unmute button of your phone hello there you are (laughs) yeah i was i was muted how you doing guys Good. Did you have a question for Tony? Doing yeah. very well, Abraham. I, Thank I, you. What is your I, question? I had, I had a question. I was using um, on my Windows computer a couple of days ago and trying to raise and lower the volume. And I was pretty sure that using the insert space um, and all together would do that, but it doesn't seem to be working. Okay. So this is a common problem I've seen folks run into. So insert space. So the the I think the method that you're looking at is adjusting the volume for JAWS. Um, that does not adjust the volume of the computer. That only pertains to JAWS. So I'll go okay. over both of those. So what Abraham is, re- is referring to is insert space, which once you do that, and let me demonstrate that Copy for you guys. Buttons. Full speech. Uh, hello. 
There it goes. <laughs> okay. So insert okay. space enters what is called layered keys and layered keys provides a user the opportunity to do things like mute your speech, duck audio, uh, text analyzer, or uh, OCR. There's all sorts of things in there. JAWS has a, malev- uh, this, a labyrinth of commands in that. Um, but for this one, we're going to talk about adjusting the volume for JAWS. Space. So insert space, you hear the tap and the letter V. Jaws. And Jaws. J. Up and down arrow to adjust the volume of Jaws. And all you have to do is hit the space bar to get out of that. However, that does not adjust the volume for the Windows computer, which is what I can address next. Okay? So, to do that, there's a couple of different things you can do. Depending on what kind of keyboard you have, what kind of computer you have, there's a few different ways. So not everybody has a Dell laptop or an HP laptop. Maybe you have a keyboard with media player controls or a group of keys at the top that might adjust volume or playback. But we're going to uh, talk about this from the start menu. So I'm going to hit the Windows key here. And type the letters VOL. Okay, it didn't work as much as I wanted it to. <laughs> so instead, we're going to do, uh, let's see, Real we'll talk about AD. Nope, so that doesn't work. And this is actually a good example of troubleshooting. Think of words Select to help land. adjust land. volume. So in this case, I'm going to backspace to erase sound that, recorder. and we'll write sound the word sound. Press right sound. Sound mixer options, system settings, press right. Sound mixer options. There it is. Enter, so we're going to hit enter. System volume, adjust the output volume, left, right slider, 80%. And we're going to press the left or right arrow to adjust 70%. the volume. 67%. And it's going to adjust it as needed. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'll press Alt F4. Now, just as a small tip for anyone who's running a Dell computer, and I know this is very specific, but I'm trying to address everyone's needs as well. So if you have That's a right, Dell yeah. laptop, yeah. one of the things that is, oh, perfect. So this this is going to be right up your alley then. So on the Dell laptops, they have what is called Dell function keys and Windows function keys. So F1 through F12 will do completely different things once you've enabled Dell function keys. To enable Dell function keys, you press the function key and escape. To the left of your spacebar, you have Alt, Windows, Function, and Control. You press Function, Escape, and then, excuse me, and once you've done that, you can press your F3 key or F2 to adjust volume up and down. Just be careful not to hit F1 because you will mute your audio. <laughs> and I've been in a case where I muted my audio, didn't know it, and I had to restart my computer and it was still muted. <laughs> so I had Thank to pull out Ira. I'm like, is there actually anything going on on the screen here? <clears throat> so Th- I hope that answers your question, my friend. It does, uh, because I thought I was rolling the and hiring the volume of the computer, and I guess I was just doing the Zoll's volume. I didn't know they were separate. Um, could you go over how to do yeah, the absolutely. Dell? Could you repeat the function to get into the Dell um, function keys? I, I didn't hear that over the thing that I was talking. No worries. So to enable Dell function keys, if you have a Dell laptop, you want to first press your function key and escape. To the left okay. of your spacebar, you have four keys, Alt, Windows, Function, and Control. That third key function, hold that down and then tap the escape key and release. Once you've done that, your F2 and F3 keys will operate as a volume down and volume up key. That That's perfect for me. So just hold it down and, and then let it go and then hit the escape. So you want to hold, fu- it's like a command, like Windows D to go to your desktop, except it's yeah. function escape. So you want to press that okay. once, and yeah. then Dell function keys will be turned on, F2, F3. I guess what I was clarifying, do I hold the function and then let it go and hit, hit escape, or hold it down and hit escape while I'm holding down the function key? 
That's correct. You would hold down the function key. And while you're holding it down, just give that escape key a single tap and then release yep. both. All right. Thank you so much. You really helped me out. Oh, no problem. Thank you for asking that question. I'm sure a lot of others may have been wondering as well. Okay. That would drive me crazy. I even went into the sound system area and it didn't do it. So you really helped me out. Thank you so much. You're All very, right. very welcome. Anytime. Kelsey. Sorry, couldn't get unmuted. I thought I was focused on unmute, but apparently voiceover had other ideas for me. So okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> voiceover likes to have a mind of its own, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it does for some reason. It was uh, trying to play tricks on me. Anyway, I don't know if you can answer this because I don't know if you use Braille screen input, but I'm having a very weird issue when I'm in the mail. Okay, app, let's hear about it. And I'm trying, I'm in the mail app and I'm either, if I'm trying to reply to a message or I'm like just composing a message when I, you know, I type away, you know, I'm typing away in Braille screen input, I exit out of there, you know, get out of it. And when I go back into like to have voiceover, like read the message, it's not actually getting inserted. And when I send the message, the recipient is telling me that the message body is blank, but it's only happening in mail. Oh, no. I have not been able okay. to figure this out. This um, is driving me nuts. Well, first and foremost, I would double check to make sure that you're up to date with the latest iOS version. What kind of phone are you using? I have actually I have two phones. So I have um, my primary phone is a iPhone SE 2022. And I also have an iPhone 8 Plus and it's happening on both of them. It's happening on both. Okay. So what I would try to do, let's start with the iPhone SE 2022, since it's a little bit newer technology and a little more up to date with the uh, iOS version. I would double check to see if you have any updates on that um, with voiceover and with just the, the, the operating system as is. And then uh, something that you could try doing is uh, closing the mail app itself and then reopening it um, into the message. And I would imagine you've probably tried troubleshooting this, but if not, I would oh, do I that. Uh, toggle voiceover on and off. <laughs> yeah, just a couple I of the troubleshoots. Um, and I've even Apple. I believe you. Yeah. No, I believe you. Yeah. I've called Apple accessibility. And like the, the funny thing is when I talk to them, you know, they did a screen share and they're like, oh, the text is there. But I'm like, well, then why when I send it to somebody, why is it why is the message body blank? And like even Apple, you know, they are right. totally stumped on this as to why, you know, why would this do this? Because and I've never had a problem with it before. I mean, like every you know, I don't know, like, what, what's different about it. I mean, like, because I started having problem. I don't even know, like, it's been. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question for more context. So once you're finished writing out the message in Braille screen input on your email, and is it still there when you go proof to proof it when you proofread? Is no. it there when you proofread it? Mm-mm. It's like, so like, okay, so it, it disappears before you even send them email. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll go into like the message body, like, you know, to like, look at it. And like all voiceover says, it'll just say, you know, because I have the signature like sent for my iPhone. So like, it'll, you know, it'll show me that it'll say like sent for my iPhone, but there's no text. It, it is the most you know, most bizarre thing. And, you know, when I send it, they're like, oh, well, your message is blank. I'm like, well, um, I guess okay. I'll have to dictate it then because I mean, you know, cause I key it, uh, <laughs> I, I have trouble using the on-screen keyboard. So I've either, and now the interesting sure, sure. thing is if I, like, if I'm just using my Braille display, like my focus like, there's no problem if I use my Braille display, but if I use the on-screen... Hey, there you go. That's good. Okay. It, it does not, yes. for some reason, my iPhones do not like my Braille screen input in mail. I don't know what the heck. 
but <laughs> it's kind of like really well i think you i i mean honestly i think you're doing all the right thing and remind me what your name is again i'm My so sorry I, I didn't hear your That's name okay. earlier yeah it's kelsey kelsey okay um, well, Kelsey, I think you've done everything that you you you've can. It sounds like you've troubleshooted the necessary options to you know re- maybe restart the phone, restart the mail app, turn on turn voiceover on and off. You know a lot of the basic troubleshooting that always usually fixes a lot of common streamlined uh, issues. However, um, putting focus in the message body is of course important. You know, double tapping on the message body to make Kevin sure that focus the of voiceover is within the in the in the in the area. Um, and if it's happening on more than one device, it, it sounds as though that it may be a iOS problem. Um, I guess what I can encourage you to do if you haven't done this yet is go to, go to Apple forms and see if somebody has reported this similar issue, you know, Apple Viz is a good place or just general Google, um, Describe your issue and see if you can find any articles or helpful information from others who have experienced this um, from a blindness perspective. I would start there and see if you can narrow that down. But until then, keep using the focus Braille display because those are really great with iOS as well as uh, dictation if possible. And I'm sorry that you're having that trouble. Yeah, it's and it's only mail. If I do it in messages, it works. If I do it in right any other app, no issue. But it, the minute I go to try and write a message, you know, it, it just it just frustrates me because you know I spend, you know, Braille screen input is quirky enough as it is. You know, I don't need, you know, when I spend all that time writing it out. I would say first thing to do is do do your troubleshooting. Tony, we got five minutes and another hand. Just so you know. okay. Let's uh, take that hand and uh, if. Perfect. Thank you, Cassandra. And thank you, Kelsey. Yeah. Good luck. All right. Roberta, thank you. You may unmute. Hi, Tony and everybody. Thanks for this great information. I just wanted to make a comment for the person who you were explaining about the uh, um, toggling the function keys. Um, It's important to remember once you do that toggle, now your function keys have a different, um, they work differently. And if you try to do an alt F4 to exit, you can't. So you need to make sure you untoggle that when you're done. Just if that makes sense. Great comment. Great comment. Absolutely. I ran into just the opposite problem where I was trying to change my volume simply by holding the function key and tapping the F2 or F3. And somehow I fat fingered the function key with escape. All of a sudden my control key didn't work and my alt F4 wouldn't work. And I called up the people I bought the computer from and they said, oh, you probably just locked those keys. And so we did it and we unlocked them. But (laughs) that could be just as frustrating as not being able to change the volume. So thanks for your and thanks for Very good, thank you for that, Roberta, absolutely. Any last quick questions before we close out for today? Cheryl. As mentioned before, if you want to get a hold of me for private services, contact community and we'll be able to get in touch and I will send you an application. Okay. My next question is, uh, are you uh, familiar with how to say scan a document and then uh, send it to an email as a PDF? Um, well, let's get some more context. So how would you go about scanning a document? Um, are you talking in terms of an actual physical scanner or are we yes, scanning yes. a document within? Okay. Well, it, it really just depends, I guess, on the um, scanner that you're using. As far as some of the more modern ways, um, once you've scanned the document, right, uh, this is kind of where some of my expertise kind of goes goes down a little bit because I don't use physical scanners as often these days. But 
based on my how I understand them um, overall, once you've scanned the document, it, it's basically put into a um, PDF file or a uh, image file. And what you can do is load that into Microsoft Word or Adobe Acrobat DC to create a uh, fillable PDF or um, heck, you can even use JAWS to um, to convert the PDF file into readable images with convenient OCR. Um, got one it really just, I guess, depends on the full context. So one minute, okay. <laughs> But that's okay. about that's about as much as I can say overall with that. Okay, I think I'll wait and I'll write you privately. I'll I'll send a note to okay. the community and, and tell you about and tell you what I'm looking for, and then we can go from there. Absolutely, yeah. But if we have more time, we can troubleshoot it together. I'm all about it. But I want to say thank you and thank you, Cheryl. I want to say thank you to everybody who joined me and everyone today for this first. Assistive Technology Office Hours. We'll be back next Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern, and we'll be taking a look at Microsoft Word, working with headers, footers, as well as setting margins in a default font type, and really just talking about visual presentation and why that's significant for employment. So I want to thank everyone again for this, and uh, to everyone in Clubhouse and everyone on Zoom. Thank you.